Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me today at New Hope Radio. Always happy to be with you. Kind of like a lunchtime edition. Maybe you're out having lunch, running errands, cruising around in your vehicle. to you get the radio on, thank you for joining me today. We're in a great series entitled, You Are Beautiful. Ah, that's a good one. I like it. Today we're going to talk about a crown of beauty. How to receive a crown of beauty. That's such a great topic, you know that? A crown of beauty. And it's great because it not only causes us to be beautiful, it's something God wants to give. He wants to give it to each and every one. See, our God loves beauty. He does. In nature, He has created beauty. Ever notice how beautiful nature is? You know, even in the world of insects, He's created beauty. I know we got some goofy-looking insects, but... Look at the beautiful butterflies. So many species, so many colors. The divine design. Beautiful. God loves beauty. In the world of humans, he's created beauty. So many beautiful people. And you know why? Made in the image of God. That'll do it. I would say then that God loves beauty. And because he loves beauty, and we're his bride, right? The church. Believers, that's why you... Number one, you want to be a believer. Number two, you got to get more people to be believers so they can be the bride of Christ. So as a bride, he wants to make us beautiful. He really does. I mean, who doesn't want a beautiful bride, right? Now, when we were together last time, we talked about God making us beautiful by giving us a garland for our ashes. The garland signifies not only what makes one beautiful, But what makes one significant, valuable, and of great worth? The ashes, they signify mm, what is left after loss. I hope you weren't bored with hearing all of that, because it's a divine truth. Today, to continue to see how God makes us beautiful, we're going to see that he gives us a beautiful crown, Now question, what is this crown? And how do I receive it? How do I get it? That's a good question. And we're going to give you the answer. Because it's a great answer. In Proverbs chapter 4, God gives us a glimpse into these answers. And we're going to note that the value of these passages is attested to by the fact that God decided to put them in His Word. He wants us to know these things. You know, there were very little mysteries with God now. There were some, but He told us everything we need to know. He really did. My job is to research the scriptures, explain them, so you can make application. And when you make application, you know what you have? A better life. You get a better life from applying the word. So, verse 5, acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Now, I want you to listen. 
What does it mean to acquire? It means to get as a possession, not to be given up. When you acquire something, you you take possession of it and you're not letting it go. You're not going to give it up. Acquire wisdom, God is saying. What is wisdom? Wisdom is applied knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's applied knowledge. See, here's the problem with many Christians today. They stop at accumulating biblical facts. Oh, they're walking book reports. But it's got to be translated into everyday life. The Word of God only benefits it, only benefits us when we live it out. Paul gives us a panoramic picture of what it looks like when divine truth is not translated into everyday life. He's talking to those uh, those carnal Corinthians. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, he's kind of rebuking them a little bit. He says, you're still fleshly. In other words, you're carnal. You're living in the flesh. For since there is, here it comes, jealousy and strife among you. Are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? In other words, unregenerate people? See, he's talking about behavior. The behavior of jealousy. The behavior of striving. Oh, they they can have great knowledge, but if it doesn't translate into life, it's like stupid. It doesn't get anything done. It doesn't make it doesn't create any gain for anyone. He says, for when one says, oh, I'm of Paul, and another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere men? And what the people were doing, they were like clicking each other out. They they were dividing themselves among, well, I'm of Apollos, he's a better teacher. No, I'm of Paul, he's a better teacher. No, I'm of Harry, he's a better teacher. And it created divisions among people. And God, you know what? God hates division. He's all about unity and oneness. So they were creating divisions, and that was a sign that they were fleshly, that they weren't living in the Scriptures as they were taught. So verse 3 is about divisions between the people. Verse 4 is about divisions over the teachers. Hmm. And what was happening here, here it is, and this is the problem today. The people were becoming too opinionated. It's all about opinion. You know, a lot of folks today, they're running around living by opinion rather than by truth. Opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one, right? But this truth could be different from the opinion. So when Paul says you're acting like mere men, it means unspiritual, carnal people. Don't let your opinion override truth of Scripture. It might agree, and that's good. But if Scripture doesn't agree with your opinion, cast out the opinion. Change it. Get a grab onto the Scripture. You know why? That's the truth. That's truth. Okay, back to wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 6. Do not forsake her. Forsake means to abandon. Don't abandon her. Like sometimes people abandon little puppies on the side of the road. That's terrible. Don't abandon wisdom. And you know what happens if you possess wisdom? Oh, she will guard you. I like that. She will guard you. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, 
and she will watch over you. Now, we're going to see how all of this is bringing us to beauty. We're going to see how it's going to make you beautiful. See, love signifies a relationship, right? Love her, and she will watch over you. Love is a relationship. And a relationship means time spent together. So wisdom is on your side. Wisdom wants to be your friend. Wisdom wants the best for you. Wisdom wants you to spend time with her. Wisdom is personified here in the female gender. She wants you to spend time with her. Verse 7 is like a repeat of verse 5 of Proverbs 4. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. <laughs> I like that. Where, where, where does wisdom start? When you go get it. Go get it. Take possession of it and don't let it go. And then he says, and with all your, under, with all your acquiring, get understanding. Yeah. With all of your acquiring, get understanding. What is understanding? Again, it's like it's the, the application of the wisdom. Now, God said this twice. You know why? It's really important. When he repeats himself, right? You ever have your parent, mother or father say, don't let me repeat myself. Because if they do, it's really, you know, they really mean it. Well, God, God means it here. He's repeating himself because he means it. Verse 8, prize her. She will, she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Wow. Think about this is This is God is saying, how about having this attitude toward my word? Esteem her. Embrace her. And then in verse 9, here it comes. Here's where we're going. She will place on your head a garland of praise. She will present you with a crown of beauty. There's that garland again. Remember we had the garland last time? When you live in God's wisdom, she'll give you two things, a garland of grace and a crown of beauty. You'll get those things. Now, is there a more beautiful picture than of someone that is graceful and beautiful? Right? They, 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 they have grace and they have beauty. They're not a bull in a china shop that needs a brushing. They have grace, and they have beauty. We're not talking about cosmetics here. We're talking about personhood. You think Solomon got it right? Solomon, he could be a comedian sometimes. He said, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. Think about that. That the, the, the gold does, the ring of gold doesn't change the nature of the swine. And a woman that doesn't have discretion, it doesn't take, it doesn't enhance her beauty. They don't go together. A ring of gold and a swine's nose don't go together. Nor does a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. So if a woman has beauty, but she lacks discretion, guess what? She doesn't have beauty. She doesn't. And we're not being chauvinistic here. I mean, we've got some scriptures that apply to men too. It's generic. But he also says, charm is deceitful, 
Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And that's really where beauty comes from. You know where it comes from? Inwardly. See, you love God on the inside, and it works its way outwardly, and you become a beautiful individual. There are some people, hey, they can be beautiful outwardly, but inside, if they're like dead men's bones, that's going to come out too. They're not that beautiful. They're really not. That's why when it comes to Christian women, there are none more beautiful because they've got the Spirit of God inside of them. And it should be like that with men too, that when the Spirit of God dwells in a man, he should have a brighter countenance. He has a better outlook toward life. That's the way it's supposed to work, but you've got to embrace the wisdom. If we don't embrace it, it's not going to work that way. Now, again, we're not meaning to isolate the ladies. You could say also, a man of great, I kind of made up this little proverb, a man of great resources who doesn't help people is like a bridge that leads to nowhere. <laughs> what do you think? A guy can have a lot, but if he doesn't use it to help people, he's a deadhead. He's in nowhere's land. He's a nowhere man living in nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. I think I'll write a song. So I think we can all agree that a crown does add to one's beauty. That's why kings and queens wear them. It adds to their beauty. It makes them noble. Uh, a beauty pageant winner, what do they give her? A crown. They don't give her a pack of gum. They put a crown on her head. It adds to her beauty. The, the queen of the high school prom, she gets a crown. Symbolizes nobility and beauty. So not only does God make us beautiful in Christ, he even gives us opportunities to receive crowns to enhance our beauty. I like to, I like to show you four crowns that can be yours if you so desire. Four crowns. You can earn these crowns if you wish. Number one is the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. But God's got a lot of these crowns. You know why? Because he said, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You love Jesus, you're going to get that crown. This crown goes to those who remain faithful. They kept their focus on Jesus. Because what was it Paul said? He said, hey, I fought the fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. You know, he's a survivor. He had opposition, but he stayed faithful. And he loved Jesus. That's the crown. Your life could be similar. You could have obstacles and struggles and battles, but you stayed faithful. And you still love Jesus. And you know what? The crown of righteousness. Oh, that's going to be yours. God's going to give it to you. Then there's another crown called the crown of life. James talks about it in James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he's been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those 
who love him. And what does it mean to be approved? It means to be tried and tested. This crowd, this crown goes to those believers who continue to love the Lord through their trials. A lot of God's people have trials. Oh, many of you that are listening, you've had your trials. You stayed faithful. Crown's coming. Crown's going to be yours. Oh, what a day that'll be. We're all going to stand up and cheer when you get your crown because you were faithful. See, God's going to honor the faithful ones. He's going to honor the ones who loved him through it all. You know, it's easy to love God when you hit the lottery, but how about when your house burns down, when the tornado takes it away? It's gone in the flood. The ones that stay faithful, they get the crown. It's a beautiful crown, the crown of life. You are faithful in life. That's what that means. Then there was another crown, thirdly, the unfading crown of glory. First Peter 5.2 It looks like this one goes toward shepherds, people that shepherd people. You know, it could be pastors, could be Bible study leaders maybe. You know, people that shepherd people. They teach them, they care for them, they shepherd them. Maybe you're a home group leader. And maybe this maybe it's for you too. Okay? Shepherd the flock of God among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God. Not for selfish gain, but with eagerness. With eagerness. You don't do it for what you can get out of it. You do it because you love doing it. Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. So you you cared for them, you shepherded them, you watched over them because you loved to do it. And then verse 4, when the chief shepherd, oh, that's Jesus, here he comes. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. See, the reason he said unfading crown of glory, back in the ancient days, when they won the Olympics, and they received the Gollum crown, it dried up and withered away. It was nice. But this thing's going to last, like, forever. It doesn't fade away. It's always going to be there. This crown goes to those who faithfully shepherd the flock of God. And like I said, could be in a church. I think maybe it could be in a home group. I don't can't see why not. You're fulfilling the same role, teaching, caring, loving, watching over them. Okay, Now, did you notice, though, that, see, salvation is unmerited. Crowns are merited. Jesus paid your way into heaven, but you earn your crown. That's the reward system. And I believe that crown makes you even more beautiful for your bridegroom, the Lord Jesus. Right? I mean, after all, what bride wouldn't want to do all she could to make herself beautiful for the one she's going to marry. Right? I mean, isn't that, don't they, they they spend a lot of money on a beautiful dress, they have their hair done, they get a professional makeup artist to come in, they want to look beautiful because they're going to marry someone. That's the day. That's the day to shine. 
So we're going to be married to Jesus. We're the, we're the bride. Why wouldn't we want to earn a crown so we could be even more beautiful when we present, when the Father presents us to him? So what is this crown of beauty? It's the reward of wisdom. That's what it is. It's wisdom's reward. How do I get it? I acquire, embrace, esteem, and live my life every day in this divine wisdom. I let the word of God, here it comes, order my steps. Now, this isn't easy. We have a natural nature that always wants to butt in and say, no, this is what we're going to do. And then you got to let the word of God kick in and say, wait a minute. This is what the scriptures say. And that's that battle. The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh. If your spirit wins, you get the crown. If your flesh wins, guess what? No crown. No crown. How do you know which one's going to win? What do you feed yourself? If you feed yourself on the husks of the world, the flesh will win every time. If you feed yourself on the bread of life, the word of God, your spirit will win. Wisdom will win. And you'll receive the crowns. And you will be even more beautiful. You'll not, you'll not only have the beauty that comes from being in Christ, but you'll have the beauty that you've earned from being faithful and loving Jesus, even through the most difficult times. So, wisdom has its own reward. And it is a wonderfully fulfilled life. See, when we talk about these crowns and living in wisdom, it, it doesn't just kick in in eternity. The benefits are right here, down, down here on planet Earth. Because what does it do? It fills our life. Everything improves everything when we live in the Word of God. You'll have more direction. You have more resources to think with. You have a divine perspective toward life instead of a human perspective toward life. It's, it makes for a better life. It really does. And that's why I just want to segue for a minute and talk about the Academy of Higher Learning. It's a school that we're beginning this year. By the way, open house this Saturday from 10 to 12 and Sunday from 12 to 2. And what it does is it gives the children a wonderful education in academics, but also in God. You know why? So they can win the crowns. Don't you want your kids to win the crowns? You want them to have a sure foundation to build their lives on. You know, maybe it's a blessing that the public schools aren't opening. They're propaganda machines. They're bringing more baloney, <laughs> polite way of saying it, into the schools. They're bringing the agendas, which are an abomination to the Word of God. They're bringing in philosophies that you, as a Christian parent, do not want your child to be exposed to. They're teaching sex education. They're supplying condoms to elementary school kids without telling the parents. I mean, really? Are you kidding me? I didn't even know what that was. That was in elementary school. 
So it's like, yeah, Christian school is the lifeboat. There's a lot of good Christian schools around. Check one out near you. We offer an alternative because we have a very low tuition. Very low. No profit here. Reason being, we want to try to allow as many people in as we can that can't afford a bigger school. Now, we are going to have a cutoff at like tops is going to be 32. That is it. 32. No more than that. And it's filling up. So you really better think about it if you're interested in protecting your children and getting them out of the government school, which is not going to meet anyway. Distance learning, that's a joke. How are parents going to go to work, those that have to? And these kids can't sit at a computer screen six hours a day. It's not right. So you think about a godly education and a beautiful, safe environment. Come to the open house this Saturday from 10 to 12 here at New Hope and Sunday from 12 to 2. We're on 1436 GAR Highway, Route 6 in Swansea, Mass. Go to the website, nhcc.tv, click Academy. All the info is there, our philosophy, how we run the school, uh, the curriculum, the fees, everything you need to know, and you can make a decision. And sometimes parents say, oh, we can't afford anything for school. Well, maybe, you know, you can talk to grandparents, aunts and uncles, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get the kids into a godly environment. That is so important. As you watch the news and you see people burning down buildings and killing innocent people, let me tell you something. They didn't go to Christian school. They didn't go. That's the product of the government school. The Christian school has a totally different product, a totally different result. So really pray about that. Think about that. We want our kids to get the crowns. We want them to be beautiful. We want them to love Jesus all throughout their life, through the good times, through the hard times. It's a sacrifice. Good things are worth sacrificing for. Remember that. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We were that good thing. A Christian education for the children is worth sacrificing. There's always something we can give up. There's always other things we can do to get our kids in a safe place that they can learn and they can grow. So just come and check out the open house Saturday, 10 to 12, and Sunday, 12 to 2. We'll give you some coffee and some juice and water and some donuts and meet the teachers, see the curriculum, look at the classrooms, a beautiful classroom, very safe and uh, much more safe than the other schools, the government schools. So that's what's happening. Thank you for coming along today. We'll be back next time as we talk about beautiful feet. You got beautiful feet? We're going to show you how to get them tomorrow on New Hope Radio.